Welcome to your weekly Social Jack Influence Factory, introducing your coach, Dean Delisle. And assisting Dean Delisle will be Kate Hassett and Jackson Delisle. So, <laughs> I thanks. I'm, hey, Kate, I'm, how I'm, you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to start. I'm trying to get more psyched about introducing myself, but like, it's weird. It's weird, you know. Yeah, yeah I was trying. So. It was, no, it's I think you did a good job. We'll, we'll ask the audience what they think about that. So, uh, you know, the, the audience always directs us and tells us how to operate the show. So uh, <clears throat> appreciate everybody being on. Hey, Kate, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, and Shirley says, way to go, Jackson. So she liked it. So that's good. <laughs> awesome. As long as Shirley approves. Yes. Uh, and we want to give a shout out to Shirley because she uh, she's she's heavily active on Twitter and she normally doesn't miss an episode. So we love you, Shirley. So you're awesome. Oh, there's J uh, James Gustin. Jackson did good. Uh, all right, everybody. And he's from uh, Figgy.net, Fig Media. If you guys need uh, a video at all in the world, you want to definitely call James. Uh, so with that being said, uh, welcome everybody to this episode of the Influence Factory where we always want you to be influenced and we want you to be a better influencer because of our program. So uh, we always bring you news and fun stuff and uh, great guests like today with Tammy from Story Leaders. Cannot wait to have her on, but let's get through a couple of other quick things. So Kate loves when you guys engage with her on social media. And we know that it's the secret to influence, right, to, to building your influence. So hashtag influence factory is what you want to use if you want things that are, uh, you want to put things or have us mention things on the show or mention you on this show. How about that? Getting you out to our audience. And then the uh, tag is at get social Jack is the account. Did I get all that right, Kate? I hope so. Yep. And also uh, hashtag get uh, got influence. We use that one a lot oh, yeah. too. So. Oh yeah. That's right. So you can play with us on Twitter. Yeah, nice job, nice job. All right, everybody, so welcome to all of you around the world. And uh, next month, uh, uh, Jackson's going to help me produce this, but the Social Jack team is actually training on seven continents at the same time. Is that crazy or what? Our influence develop and social selling class is going to be provided on seven continents in the same 30 days. That's a, that's a record for us. We've been on seven continents, but not in the same 30 days, so... We want to thank our client GE and everybody that's putting that together. So that's and it's quite a few people. So it's it's a fun time. All right, people, to maximize your learning experience, and we want you to maximize your learning experience. Uh, flip your cell phone over, Jackson. We should just say flip your cell phone over because I know nobody really turns it off, but I think because we tell you to look at it from time to time. So maybe we'll change that to flip it over. Uh, close your email though because that is a distraction. You should do that a few times a, a day anyway. Uh, take some notes, and we promise you're going to walk out of here with some cool stuff. Uh, in terms of engaging uh, with us, uh, we want you to understand that you can load up a mobile app, uh, go to webinar mobile app, so that's super cool. Uh, you can also uh, hear us on audio. If you go from computer audio and click on phone call, it's going to pop up a phone uh, number and an access code like what's on the screen, and you can take us on the road. So, uh, so anyway, we want to encourage you to do that. Some people listen to us in conference rooms. And then if you want to listen to us after the fact, Jackson, within uh, you guys within, what, 48 hours, get this published on podcast. Is that true? Yes. So we publish it directly after the webcast onto SoundCloud. And then from there, it gets published uh, to iTunes, uh, Stitcher, 
uh, Google Play, all uh, all the uh, so, um, SoundCloud's the biggest one because it gets uh, uploaded directly after the webcast. So if you want to take us on the road and listen to it directly after, I think it's it takes us about four hours to do it all. So uh, and that that link is included in the um, follow up email. So right on, good job there. And also YouTube if you want to see us, you know. So if you want to yeah. do the visual thing, <clears throat> and of course I don't, I don't uh, recommend that when you're. I don't recommend that while you're driving though. So right, <laughs> yeah, good idea. <clears throat> uh, so uh, so we always have like prizes for engagement. This is when you're typing in questions or you're joining us on Twitter. So the question today, because it's March Madness, March Madness, and we're going to talk about social teams here in a minute. Uh, who's your favorite? Uh, college team that you're rooting for and even if you don't even know if they're in the tournament or not maybe it's just your alma mater uh, look at Shirley's like Loyola I was gonna see how fast because Loyola's in it for the first time in 33 years congrats and a shout out to Loyola so what is your favorite NCAA team or your favorite uh, uh, so Glenn says Waterloo U uh, Glenn, is that in Canada? I think that's in, uh, yes. Jim's like, I don't watch. Did you go to school though, Jim? Maybe it's your, your college you went to school. So we have some DePaul fans out there from Brendan. <clears throat> and then, uh, so Jackson, who are you rooting for in this whole? I'm going to have to say Purdue. I mean, the, our whole family is a uh, Purdue people. So I mean, right. we, we would have been, uh, Notre Dame people, but you know, it's just, you know, a people. little bit more. Yeah, we're Purdue people. So <laughs> we're not, it all yeah, started we're with my grandfather, and it just ever since then, all Purdue. Right. So uh, and well, I, my mom was IU. So there you go. We have Stanford. <laughs> we, we have Columbia College. There you go, Jim. <laughs> Columbia College. Waterloo, Waterloo is one of the largest IT universities uh, in NA. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to pretend I, I'm going to tell you I don't know what NA is. Um, so Notre, uh, Notre Dame blah. So, so we have some anti Notre Dames in here. So that's funny. All right, everybody. So let's move on with the program. Uh, but this is how, um, yes, Elaine, we did have blue demons, uh, in here. Uh, those were mentioned. Uh, yes, for sure. So, uh, so real quick, um, I just want to make sure everybody knows this is where you, oh, North America. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Glenn A is North America. Uh, we were just talking about acronyms and miscommunication and, <laughs> All right. So anyway, NA is North America. Thank you. I probably should have known that since I have an IT background, but thank you, Glenn, for schooling us on that and teaching us. <laughs> All right. So this is where you engage with us. So on Twitter and also in the chat, if you engage with us, we will pick winners at the end of this program today and at the end of every program uh, so that uh, you know that engagement really pays. So that's super cool. All right. Social Jack members, uh, check in with this because we have new classes loaded all the coaching sessions going back man i want to say what do we have jackson almost 300 recordings in here of coaching sessions and classes i mean i know there's a lot so make sure you guys gobble all that yeah up. yeah and all the forms are uploaded everybody's always asked send us that worksheet send me that worksheet well if you guys log in and you click on docs all the worksheets come up so if you want your keyword worksheet linkedin profile updating worksheet all those worksheets are all for you um, yes, and Shirley says, these are so helpful. And don't forget, we have a ton of events coming up and we give you guys special discounts. So we will message out discounts. We have a lot of events, so pay attention here to mark your calendar. Ready? We're gonna go into events next. So real quick, 
Thursday, March 22nd. This is a webcast, five key steps for a successful webcast. We have Thursday, April 5th, how to rock your personal brand on LinkedIn. We have uh, Thursday, April 19th, LinkedIn social selling power moves. Oh, <clears throat> real quick. This one um, is also really about creating visual influence. And it's not just about webcasting. We're going to show you how to shoot uh, how to shoot a video in five steps, a successful professional video in five steps. So uh, please make sure you tune into that one. Uh, and then Jackson's going to send all these out. <clears throat> and they'll be on our website Friday. Uh, Thursday, May 10th, Chicago Influencer Class and Network. We have a waiting list for this already, but it's May 10th. So if you want to come to Chicago, you want to be part of this one, make sure you mark down May 10th. And and actually, I'm going to do a quick polling question here before we get the news. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> Put me on the waiting list. I'm going to uh, I'm going to launch this poll. So uh, we're going to jump into the news while we're launching this poll. But if you guys want to come to our next Influencer Frenzy networking event and you want to get on the waiting list, we only allow a maximum of 50 people. Um, so click on the one that you want or the two that you want uh, to be on the waiting list for, and we will make sure you get in first after the current waiting list if you're not already on there. So um, so real quick, we have uh, Influence Factory news. So while everybody's clicking on that, uh, Kate, and I'll get to the screen here in a moment with the news. I know I should have had that up, but uh, here we go. Okay, so uh, real quick, because people are still clicking, uh, there's this whole thing on Snapchat and Kylie Jenner. What the heck is that all about? Yeah, so you guys, uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and you've probably seen some things that Snapchat did a little bit of an update, and a lot of users are not happy. And so this reminds me a lot of when Facebook made their big change a couple years ago. People started petitions like, go back to the old Facebook, because people have done that for this new Snapchat update, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Snapchat is sticking by it. So this puts a little fork in the wrench. Kylie Jenner, of course, you know, the Kardashian family has to go rock the internet again. She's a huge influencer on Snapchat, tons of followers. She does a lot of uh, reveals for her makeup brand on Snapchat. And so she's a huge influencer in that field. And she's basically said she's boycotting Snapchat. She tweeted, so does anyone else not open Snapchat anymore? Or is it just me? Ugh, this is so sad. And from that one little tweet, it went absolutely viral. Snapchat fell about 6% closing. That's a 17.51 deficit. I mean, absolutely huge. And 1 million people have signed the petition to bring back the old Snapchat. So it's interesting to look at it from that perspective because for one, Snapchat should have been taking advantage of influencer marketing from the beginning. They should have influencers like Kylie on their side who do a lot of free advocating for them. She's posting on her other networks, follow me on Snapchat. And so instead of using influencer marketing to their advantage, they're getting the tail end of this. So I think it's really so, interesting. Yeah, so real quick, just from a business perspective. So I'm sitting here as a business owner and, and the fact is, <clears throat> you know, you guys influence your network, but the people that are in your network influence your network. So, um, so from this perspective, uh, Jim says, give her a gift basket. Um, so <laughs> uh, from this perspective, the lesson for all of us here is that we want to be uh, good 
um, we want to be good, uh, I want to say managers of our community, our online community, because if you don't take care of them, either somebody else will or something, you know, you'll get negative response. And this is a, there's some, there's some really good business cases out here where, um, somebody, in fact, this has happened to us where you guys have been amazing, but somebody has said something bad or negative, and you're just going to have people out there that, that have no merit. They're just going to say bad things. And so in that case, what's interesting is when you have your whole network jump on there and defend you. So I was at a conference and I tweeted something out from the speaker verbatim and somebody jumped all over me and called it fake news. Now, you know, this whole hashtag fake news thing. What was super cool is a bunch of people got up there and defended me that it wasn't fake news, that the speaker was valid, that I was valid and validated me. Had I not been taking care of that network around me, I wouldn't have people uh, jump in. We have, we have a ton of cases. So, so really the message here is to, uh, as Kate said, you know, Snapchat should have done a better job of taking care of their network and being with their network. Um, so, uh, and then Glenn's asking, you know, so the business case is a Snapchat, uh, is Snapchat for me and it's not for, for definitely for everybody and neither are all the social media accounts. So, uh, Glenn says, what's the best uh, for insurance? Uh, for our insurance peeps, Glenn, we have people on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I think that's the staple. Uh, and then there's uh, YouTube for those of you that are videoing and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that Snapchat is the one that we use to really humanize the brand show behind the scenes. Uh, you can, uh, a lot of times, like for this, we'll like post things on our company Snapchat saying, Hey, you know, make sure you're, uh, we're just setting up, make sure you're getting ready to, you know, jump on and then we'll throw a link in there that they can just slide up and register if they haven't. So, yeah. uh, we really do it to show that, you know, we're not just a company, but there's, we're people with it that make up a company and it kind of makes it, you know, more approachable than just, you know, a giant company. So yeah, I just wanted to add that. And regardless of whether you use Snapchat or not, I think the takeaway is to be a little bit careful about who posts about your brand online, that listening, all that stuff. That's what that's what we really wanted to take away about this. Yeah, and so Kate, I apologize, we're out of time on news. So on this, do you have a 630 second that you can do on expanding access to breaking news or give us Yeah, so Facebook um, has been doing breaking news tags and they first were just limiting it to approved sources. Now they're opening it up so other people can come in and you can read the article, it'll be in the follow-up email, but the one biggest takeaway is that even though Facebook's trying to limit the business interaction and um, change up the algorithms that they still need content so we're just seeing some new stuff from Facebook that's your biggest takeaway yeah there we go and, and actually like uh, always we'll send this news out to everybody at the conclusion of the show so uh, appreciate that so real quick uh, so thanks uh, Kate and Jackson real quick we're gonna jump into our lesson but before we do that uh, I just want to know um, a lot of times people are asking us uh, about increasing their influence. So up on the screen, there's four options and you can click on whatever you want. Kate and the team have a new power boost for monthly social media, which is super, super, super clear. This is a new program. It's the fourth one down. Uh, it's where if you want us to go in and, and engage with influencers on your behalf and bring them back to your network, uh, we do that as part of your monthly social media. So if you want to talk to somebody about that, click on the last one. 
You guys know that our um, uh, you guys know that our press releases jump you to the top of Google guaranteed. So just make sure if you want that, that's the SEO press release program. Uh, and if you want us to uh, get you in our influencer development program, we have a waiting list there. Uh, that's a 90-day program where we do it all for you. If you don't want to learn about it or you do want to learn about it, we still coach you. But we uh, take you from uh, from zero to hero within 90 days. So that's our influencer development program. Okay. So before we bring our guest on, we have um, sort of in the theme of the NCAA <clears throat> I'm going to take this poll down. So just email us if you want more out of that. So real quick, uh, this week's lesson is called drafting your team. And I'm not going to take a whole lot of time on this because I can't wait to get to our guest. Uh, but in a coaching session today, I have the uh, Social uh, Jack uh, Team Build Worksheet. Um, you should be able to see that on your screen. Uh, with that being said, I want to make sure that uh, you guys know that that every day is draft day around here. So you're always scouting and drafting new people in your uh, network, but also on your team. So this is the time when uh, right at the beginning of the month where we want to make sure that you're consciously bringing new team members on. So if you meet people, just like we met Tammy at a great event here in Chicago, if you meet people in an event uh, meeting, um, uh, you know, maybe just even in a coffee shop and you're like, wow, this person really rocks. I could see having a relationship and really taking uh, each other to the next level and building that person. Please hold consciousness to not only connect to their social network, but also make sure that you uh, you follow through with that person. And, and if you have the intent to build that relationship, look at putting them on your team and really drafting. And those of you that, that haven't been through the team module yet, it's the 200 series in terms of growing a powerful referral network in the Social Jack series. So uh, anyway, this is just a quick reminder to make sure that every time you meet somebody, you're always qualifying them and comparing them to the number one person in your network. And then if that's a great person, draft them onto your uh, network, okay? So super, super, super cool. So really, uh, let's, uh, uh, now I'm excited. So uh, Tammy, I wanna bring you on. Um, so uh, real quick, let me get, let's get, let's get that on. So, uh, so I have Tammy uh, with me today. She's a closet math geek all through high school and college. And uh, she has a pretty good philosophy about life skills related to being a math geek. Uh, also a closet uh, headbanger loves ACDC and Metallica. So that's why we get along so well. You guys know those are my favorite bands. Uh, there's an award named after her in high school and uh, she's been uh, hiking in so uh, Southern Utah uh, 23 times in the past 17 years, and um, she was the babysitter to the greatest quarterback of all time. So welcome, uh, welcome, Tammy. It's great to have you on today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Dean. Yeah, so I i didn't ask you earlier, now we were all betting on this. So like, you were a babysitter to the greatest quarterback of all time. Who was it? Well, I just thought, you know, to be very controversial. Um, I grew up in San Mateo, California, so you guys probably might can narrow it down. So the Massachusetts fans on the line will be really excited. So I grew up with the Brady family and played ball with the oldest Brady. We called her Mo and this little guy who never seemed to listen to us kept tagging along and we'd have to draw straws. Who would have to babysit him on our traveling softball events and different things. And, you know, I, I drew that short straw a few times and yes, it was the greatest of all time 
Tom Brady. <laughs> so it's because of your Tom. it's because of your leadership technique and babysitting that he is the athlete, uh, the the super athlete that he is today, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, but <laughs> I do think it does have a lot to do with the amazing family that he has, and that I had the honor of being able to grow up with and still see today, who are just fabulous human beings, and you know who who speak their mind and love each other and. You no know, one can think of a better beginning than to have that kind of family. So, yeah, love him or hate him, he's still the greatest of all time. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think well, no, no, and I think people, you know, it's uh, I don't want to get too much into this, but I did, you know, I I did go back after I said I took a step back when everybody was like, you know, oh, I hate Tom Brady, but you know, it's because he's beaten all the other teams. Um, but but really, when you take a step back, there's a lot of great story behind him of who he is. So. Um, so no, that's cool that you uh, had that opportunity. Um, what's the award named after you? <laughs> well, it's kind of a funny story. So I mean, I was a great athlete, maybe you know, not uh, phenomenal, wasn't the MVP, but there was a time where in high school that our coach decided that he wanted to name an award after me, and it wasn't about being the best; it was about being the best leader and about being really coachable and. The, uh, the funny thing was we didn't get along that well and I didn't show up to award tonight. Now, there was a real reason. We had a big softball game that okay. day away and I played both sports. So I did not show up and it was kind of the big joke that I am, there's an award named after me, but I never actually picked it up. Wow. So, um, you know, that was a learning moment, but uh, yeah, it was it's pretty, pretty awesome. And, it, and at the time I didn't understand how complimentary it was it's like i thought well you know wait i'm not the best what do you mean i'm coachable what do you mean i'm a leader does that mean i'm bossy no and now i own that and i am so proud of that better than being the the best one out on that court you know i helped other people be their best for sure for sure now <clears throat> so when when you and i met you uh, gave um I think the keynote at Lynn's event, uh, and I was uh, I was truly inspired by that. And so uh, I've always wanted to have you on our program. And so one thing that's interesting, and I was just looking at who's in the audience live today, uh, even though uh, we have a lot of people listening in as well. Um, so I know you started at HP, and I have a big history with HP. So when I think of HP, it's like when I was at Merrill Lynch, I maybe know, you know, 200 people around me, but that's not even a dent in this massive global organization. And then you go from HP to, to this entrepreneurial CEO at a cool company. Uh, sounds like doing what you love. I'd love you just to take us through the journey uh, of that story, because I think it's, I think it's inspirational and I think everybody will find it fascinating and we'll, we learn from it as well. So if you don't mind yeah, sharing some of that. Sure. Happy to. I'm actually, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, born, raised and came back after college. And so I was in startup tech kind of by, I think it's in the water here. I didn't mean to be. And so I was working at a company that was a spin out of Stanford called Voltage Security. And we built an amazing company and it's, it secured data. So when the bad guys stole it, it didn't have value is had a bunch of math in it. It was crypto. So, you know, I was just in my happy place and uh, 2015 in February, uh, Hewlett Packard acquired us. So I wasn't, I didn't choose to work at the big company and there had been acquisitions in my previous companies, but this time I did decide to stay and uh, go experience it. And um, it was an amazing experience. And, 
being in a place that is so large and has, you know, to kind of move this huge ship and having come from this more entrepreneurial, even though we were a big, you know, pre-IPO company in the Valley, it was a, it was a big change. And I, I had the opportunity to see almost the juxtaposition of the way that we were doing it on our own and the success we were getting from that. And really more importantly, the joy to suddenly kind of being in an environment that was so big that even the most ambitious, you can't really move that ship. Um, but I tried because I'm, I'm stubborn and um, you're Tammy. Try. I'm Tammy. <laughs> so um, I gave him my best shot. And the, the thing that we did mostly was protect what we had for a couple of years. And, you know, I was about to start this journey, like as an officer at Voltage, I knew we were selling the company, but you can't say anything. It's so hard. And right. uh, it took a long time to close. So, you know, and even oh, when people boy. suspect, you have to be like craftily not saying anything, trying not to lie, but really lying. And uh, so when it was about to be announced, I was afraid. I was afraid. I mean, we had created such an amazing group and company that it just didn't seem like we would be a great fit at, you know, it didn't have to necessarily be HP. It could have been any big company. You know, we were kind of, right. you know, going to the beat of our own job. We were blasting ACDC and Metallica at times, you know, and what other music <laughs> that other people like. Right. And so um, I was afraid and I started to look through different ways to take this because it turned out the exact worst day that we could have announced this, the day that my entire global team was traveling to our annual kickoff meeting was looking like it was going to be the day that HP announced this. And, oh, wow. um, and that to me just scared me because this, this is my family, part of my family. And I didn't right. want them to be hearing about it from a Google alert. Yeah. I wanted to be able to deliver it to them and say, you know, I see you. I know this is going to be different. Maybe it's exciting. Maybe it's challenging. So, so you uh, couldn't even talk about this internally within the culture. Oh, no. I mean, when you're a company that's in the process of being acquired, there's a core group of officers that are part of right. the acquisition team and the hundreds of other people or more. You, you have to play it off. Yeah. Even though they suspect, they start to suspect, like seeing things seem different. Why haven't I seen these people as much? Because we're doing the biggest sales deal ever. You know, we're selling it into this really big entity. Yeah. So I found, um, so my core principles, I mean, I was a VP of sales for 17 years and a salesperson before that. And I own that. I know that word kind of scares people, but the way I saw it, it was an amazing life and uh, an amazing career. And you know, gave my family so many things and I met so many people, but I believed in three principles as a salesperson. And then when I had to do it with other people, I had to come up with what were the things I believed in and then teach others. And maybe that's going back to that, that award, you know, that it was like leading, right. not just doing. And so I, um, I dug deep and I, I realized I believed in three fundamentals when we're selling. And by the way, if anybody on this call or in the world thinks they're not in sales, they're wrong. It might be lowercase sales, but we're constantly selling ourselves, our brand, you know, making people aware of what we believe in, what we're, what we're working for. So the first is all about knowing who you are and knowing your product. You are your product at the core of it. But if you're representing a solution, knowing it so well. And the reason for that is so that you can actually be present because the way that our brains work, if you're too busy thinking about the next thing to say, 
memorizing, trying to remember what you memorize in your, your pitch deck, you actually can't listen. You can't be present. Your brain right. cannot no, that's, work that's that That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And this was that social and emotional intelligence that I was talking about that I was like, oh my gosh, you're speaking neuroscience, which is like my lingo. Yeah, it is based in the neurosciences. Yeah. Right. And so be present, be able to like know your solution inside and out. And I used to tell people, everybody learns differently. That's okay. But push yourself. If you need to know something at this level, I want you to go two levels deeper. So when you are speaking at this level, you're, it's your domain. You're owning it. You can sit there quietly, let, you know, something, a question land on you and you can answer instead of thinking, oh, I need to get through all these things or, you know, I'm, I'm going to fail. I'm not going to do it right. So know your product, know yourself be present. Second though, was all about connection, connection. Yep. Cannot say it enough. Like, and you cannot connect with people unless you have at least two things that you really understand. One, you have to know yourself. You got to be authentic. You got to be open. You got to have the mask on. Number two, you got to understand the, the real facts out there, guys. The only way we can connect and this is proven is through vulnerability. Yes. Um, thank you. And vulnerability is about not being perfect. It's 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 being able to, you know, show up as the imperfect self that all of us are. And it's okay. I, it's okay to be messy. It's okay to be messy. <laughs> and um, I love Brene Brown's tech talk on vulnerability. Uh, I use it in our workshop, and I just love it. Like we end day one on it because. And but this is my visual on it, like literally. And I may have shared this with you, Dean, when we were together. It's like. To me, when people show up with their masks, which I would say, unfortunately, is so much of the time, especially in corporate America, especially in big corporate America, we show up with this mask and it's like this plastic. And what happens from a neuroscience's perspective is people mirror what we give. We get what we give. And when right. we go first and we show up with the plastic, we're going to get mirrored in the plastic. And, and to right. me, in my mind, it's kind of like that that slip and slide that the kids on the block would almost break their neck in, you know, playing every summer right. where it's like, you know, and it goes like, and it just, the plastic goes like this. There's no connecting, right? right. There's just, it's just, you know, we might've had a moment, but it's just whoosh where there's no connection. When we show up as the real afraid imperfect, and we tell the, the, the truth and, and we're ourselves, we show up with the Velcro right. and neurologically people will mirror the others will show up with their Velcro. And it's just instant connection. And it's, it's where, um, where the joy lies. I mean, connection is really the source of joy. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And when you know, that's the only thing stopping you from having more connection is being comfortable enough in your own self to say, this is me world and show up that way and be present. Yeah, that's yeah. super cool. I have uh, James uh, and a few of the others. Uh, actually, Jackson went through some of the social emotional intelligence. So, uh, and Eileen, who's on with us, is a, is a coach in uh, EI. So it's it's really interesting, uh, you know, hearing you say that and how important it is. And you know, us, we're all about connecting. You know, I even talked about drafting people on, but don't just put people on a list or put cards on your desk. Have the intent to be with them. You know, and I think that's what's missing uh, in today's world. And, and especially with social media, it's like if you're going to take a moment to be in social media, 
be with that person and get them out of social media with you. It's almost like be a rescuer because you're making that true connection and commitment to be in relationship and to be, like you said, present with them. Yeah, and don't and don't show up just with the accolades and and the perfect, you know, the right. dressing everything up. You know, like the how many shots did that you have to take on, you know, for the Snapchat or the Instagram. <laughs> right. and, you know, it's like I I see my daughter's phone. I I know, and sometimes I look at it and go, who is that? That's you, you know. Um, and the third thing, though, that I realized was the core of what my success as an individual contributor and that I wanted to teach my teams with was about the power of story. Yeah we can't show up and tell people who we are or what our products do. We need to tell these stories with vivid emotion and imagery so they can see, feel, and be inside the story with us. The moral will come out. But when we show up and we tell stories that inspire others about our experiences, about customers leveraging our solutions, not only are we wired story and we can take that in we can actually throw it back out there so amazingly on point it's unbelievable we um we do something in our workshop where we put up a screen uh, a slide and it's got 10 points on paul revere and we leave it up there for a little while and we kind of say okay we take it down and go who can recount the 10 bullet points on paul revere and uh, nobody raises their hand. I mean, unless we had like photographic memory, you know, kind of person, nobody right. raises their hand. Then we tell a story that incorporates those 10 points, like a full on story that has a setting, uh, you know, a mistake, an aha moment, you know, what it was like after and the limbic moral comes through. And then we don't ask someone, we just pick a random. And to this day with thousands of people have gone through it, nobody, has been incapable of telling not just the story, but I mean, it's uncanny how exact the story is because right. that's how our brains are wired. I mean, even before we had language, story is how we communicate. And when a good story is being told, the people listening actually get encompassed inside the story. It's not something we throw at people, it's something we paint for people. Right. And they take it in and they then, it's like bequeathed to them tell them the story and what people do, they tell the story, it passes on. So those were my three principles. And I was so excited to find out that there was actually a movement and a book that was about this because literally I had been doing this as a woman in tech, in security, in crypto, even one of the right. unfortunately That's few right. women in Silicon Valley leading these teams. And it would be like this little voice on my shoulder as I would present these topics because I did not waver from these being the cores to core things to success, but there'd be this little voice going, why are you so touchy feely? Where's your data to back this up? You know, why you gotta be so different? Cause there's all yeah. these things like solution selling and value-based selling, these people telling you go through this rigid. And I'd look and I'd be in these trainings going, do you think that's what I do as a top rep? Like not on my watch, I don't do that. So it ended up that I was seeking someone to help soften the announcement that they were going right. to find out probably through social media and show up at my house for this party before our kickoff. And um, I found, I was actually interviewing someone and I have one major interview question. It's about, tell me a story. I don't care if you won or you lost, tell me a sales story. 
but I want to feel this story such that I want to go back, grab a bag of popcorn and start digging in. That's what I'm talking right. about kind of story. And he did that. He not only did he tell me story and story, by the way, also begets story. You give a story, you're going to get a story. You want a customer to open up, tell them a story. You want your kids to open up. Don't ask them how your day was. Don't ask them how school was because you'll get nothing. What'd you do? Nothing. How's your day? Fine. You just launch in. I don't care how young they are. You start telling a story about your day. Story begets story. Right. So this guy tells me these amazing stories. I tell him stories. I'm pushing my executive assistant out. No, move my meetings. At the end, he goes, you must love the book. What great salespeople do. I'm like, what? what <laughs> I'm like on Amazon, like trying to not get yeah, right. attention, you know, I'm trying to like get the first chapter. So I read it that weekend. Dean, you know, my whole thing about math, right? My right, little, right. like in the math yeah. and stuff. This book, if any math people out there, there's a little kind of weird saying at the end of a proof, you put QED. Well, I read that book and I realized all my instincts and what I was doing that I thought was against the grade was backed up in the neurosciences and qualitatively backed up by all kinds of stories that people were doing, finding the same discoveries as I was. It was like that voice be gone. It is, I am so all in now, it's on now. So that's how HP got to uh, find my team and I is we wow. got, when we, we came in, we had already just found this, this book, this, this workshop, we actually, brought it into that exact annual kickoff. I didn't know what it was, but part of me was, to be honest, I was afraid I was gonna be in the fetal position under a desk <laughs> once they all started reacting right. to me because they knew I was responsible. I'm like the best salesperson at the company. I sold this to this company. It was my fault. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gonna be in tears. And uh, so I needed someone who could cover the show, you know, and then, you know, and I did meet him and I was so blown away by Ben Zoldan. So we, we had him do the workshop in my kickoff to say it changed the game would be ridiculous. It right. was all this beautiful. Cause what it is, it's about opening the pathways to these things I was holding space for as being the most critical things. I knew how to be them. I knew how to model them. I knew how to lead from the front. I didn't really know how to open new pathways for other people to be these things. And right. that's what story leaders gave us. That's cool. Uh, a lot of people are uh, asking and, and they're really engaged. This is cool. See it, everybody engaged. And don't forget if you guys want to shout at asking questions, we, uh, we have Tammy for a little bit more, but um, uh, so, and then people are like, Oh, I love the math. <laughs> a lot of math lovers out there, but what's, <laughs> What's the name of the book? What's the exact name of the book? It's What Great Salespeople Do by Ben Zoldan. And his uh, the, he hates the title. Um, and his editor, he was like late and like, give us a title. You know, he's like, I don't know. It's just like what great salespeople do. And they're like, brilliant. Let's see if they, <laughs> if anybody has a book like that. They don't. And he was just like, ah, you know. And But what I want to do as I've, you know, joined him and we're partnering to take this to the world is I want to relaunch the book. And I want to cross out salespeople and I want to write in like a red pen people yes. because we're all in sales. But at the same time, it's like when people show up as their authentic self and they go all in, people will move mountains for those types of people, those wholehearted, you know, just live people. So it's, it's more than salespeople. But of course, when you're in sales, especially 
enterprise sales, highly consultative, that's all that's going to be left, Dean. Everything's being automated through AI. What's left yep. is the connection. And that's why people take that leap of faith. It's the trust. It's holding the hand of the person that's the face of that you know, transaction and walking over that leap of faith together. That's cool. That's super cool. One thing I was thinking about as you were talking is like you've gone from this sort of uh, entrepreneurial hatching point, you know, and obviously the the mecca of of startups, uh, and then you you get acquired and you're part of this this big Fortune 500 company, and now you're part of a, a entrepreneurial company that's that's sort of going back and helping, almost like it's almost like you are, you know, you're helping others as if you're helping yourself, like how you were helped in this process. Um, what do you, what do you see now that you've gone into the big company, stepped out of the big company? Uh, what, what do you see in terms, because many of the people that are on with us are, are wanting to do business with those big companies. What is your, do you have like any learns or things that you've learned now that you've stepped out of that and you're selling back into those companies? Yeah. I mean, I think that it is, very clear you know to most companies in corporate america is that something has to change and the interesting experiment that we almost ended up being inside this massive company is they acquired us in and they said we're going to make us they're going to do things differently and they gave us the ability to keep it the way that we had it for a couple years and we with story leaders and what we were doing we thrived like right. thrived. We were, when Meg Whitman sat me down after 18 months and said, why are you the most successful acquisition in the history of HP? I told her about story leaders and these things. But the reality was we were so different. We were so different. Like terminology was used. Like I own that company. I, you know, I sell to that. I'm like, what? No, you know, these are human beings. And, but what we found was there was such a seeking. We were one fiftieth, one fiftieth of the team within the company. And we had such a massive influence and presence while we were doing this. And it made me realize, cause all my mission, once I got in there, once I realized I couldn't save the world in a week, you know, was I just wanted to keep this beautiful thing that we had cause this technology mattered in the world. And I was doing that, but realizing all I wanted to do was kind of put a bubble around us but right. everybody else wanted in. Exactly. We were this tiny drop and they wanted what we had. And then I, I kind of looked around and I thought, wow, it had never occurred to me how different it was to show up at a job, seen and heard, fully all in who you were, didn't, you know, that we, we allowed space for that and how much people thrived then compared to those who maybe were not feeling like they could show up that way and who were it was over processed and there was this ability to see the, the juxtaposition and i realized wow that's just what isn't that just what people want they, they want to feel heard and seen they want to have a place that they can show up and feel good not that wrenched up feeling inside right. that like afraid, to afraid to make a move, right? You know, it's like yeah. I, I say that corporate America, I'm like, that's what I'll tell them. Let me go in the meeting for you. Let, let me, you know, just, just put me on the call. <laughs> put me in the room. <laughs> what I started doing uh, for some of the last closes is I literally videotape myself on the phone of what I think they should say. And I speak to the boardroom and I send it to them. 
And you, you, you'd be surprised how many people now take me into the meeting and go, well, this is what Dean said. Because <laughs> I'm like, they're afraid to say it, you know? I'm like, just tell them the truth and that will that will set you free. <laughs> the truth will set you free. <laughs> it's so well, it's so well, it's funny. And that's a big thing that happens in the story leaders workshops is people realize these terms that have the, like I say vulnerability, people say weakness. Uh, I, I say sales, people say slimy, you know, oh, dishonest, yeah. right? We completely change that. And it's not about teaching, as you know, it's about creating new pathways. And so now people come out of story leaders, they're like, huh, vulnerability is strength. Vulnerability is the secret right. to connection, which is the secret to joy, which is the right. secret to love. And the thing that uh, I'll tell you a little secret, Dean, that I discovered, when you follow those things, which is what's led me to call on my courage and you know, leave the big tech world I and mean, I'm still in tech, but you know, kind of doing this thing to bring this change to the world is um, when you call on your courage and you follow those things, the byproduct is the success. Yeah. When you go after the joy and the things that you are really have a calling to and that wrenched up feeling goes away and you wake up every day going, Hey, I can't wait to talk to the world and, and sh share that this is, these are ways to change what you have today and make it what you want. And that there's a way to a path to getting to that. It's pretty rock star. It's not quite ACDC. Yeah. You shook me all night long, but maybe, maybe. But it might be Pat Benatar hit me with your best shot. That's true. That's true. You got me there. <laughs> we had a Pat Benatar conversation earlier. So. Yeah. Who doesn't like Pat Benatar? Come on. Yeah. I, I more than like her. I wanted to be her for sure. Right. right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. So, uh, Glenn from uh, Canada asks, he says, what what culture did Tammy like the best, big company or small company? Hmm. I loved small company, even though it's so, there's so much grit and there, there's so much, you have to be amenable to such change and you you need to dig in. I remember one day the, the um, phone system, something was going on and then, or the receptionist didn't show up and, you know, I'm walking by and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, nobody's answering the phone. Like, no, whoa, you know, and this is before AI, you know, and, right. uh, and I'm like, I can do my job anywhere. I'll just sit here, you know, and I'll just greet people and, you know, people are like, seriously, you're kind of, I'm like, I'm having a blast. Like you have to wear whatever hat. And a lot of times, especially I remember early in my career, I ran sales teams. I didn't know what sales does did. I thought it was like my friend's dad who ran the Cadillac dealership. I didn't know what it meant to sell in a technology world in an enterprise. And, um, but I did it. And when you're in a small company, you get the opportunities. I think in a big company, you know, it's, and I give such huge credit to the amazing leaders at companies like HP, especially, you know, when Meg was leading it, that what a huge thing. I mean, it's such a big company and you you can't just nimbly, move as something happens it's such a big ship but what you have to do is it's it's about scale it's about you know the financial side and keeping things together it's about you know shareholders you know whereas in a small company you don't you're not really burdened with the shareholder side and you can be really nimble you can adjust to change and that's just my personality and um what i gravitate towards for sure right yeah that's um 
that's huge. Um, so we only have a couple minutes left, and if anybody has any uh, final questions, go ahead and drop that in. Um, I think um, I, I think one thing is with um, with with your team and the way that you're going out there and and really uh, you know helping people develop their stories. If you were gonna if you were gonna leave everybody with like sort of that you know that one thing to maybe get them past the fear or uh, or to just help them tell their story better, what would you tell them? Well, is to think about that a story I think has two clear, clear aspects. One, it's the flow of the story. Like if I said to you, Dean, I gave back the wallet. Is that the beginning of the story? Is that the aha moment or is that the dumbass moment? I mean, you don't, you don't know if that's how I tell you. So it's important when you are telling the story to think about what's the setting. What is that you know, kind of mistake? The vulnerability, the rough part, you know, because that's what great stories are. They're about the the conflict, and then they're about the aha, and they're about what happened after. And they yeah. always have a moral. And it's like you shouldn't, when you're telling a great story, you don't need to say, "Hey, the moral of my story is X." The moral comes through. But when you think about the setting, the conflict, the aha, what happened after, and, and you know, and even just simply writing those as key points as you think about your story. But the second thing is to understand, stories come alive when they connect with you. You connect with others. And I've heard many times, I remember being a kid writing papers in school and somebody said to me, someone very smart said, you know, a great writer can, can turn any assignment into something they want it to be about. The same thing with a story. When I'm talking about crypto and protecting data and you know telling the story about the target breach that I would tell to many customers and prospects, there's a very personal aspect to that in regards to what happened to our family because we shopped at Target and hanged and were breached. And my mom has a right. hilarious story about this. So always know there's probably a connection point that's personal and it's being courageous enough to show that part of it. That's when people connect. So bring it alive with the vivid imagery, the emotion, and the connection to you. But remember, if I just told you I found the wallet, you're not really gonna get, you're not gonna know what part of the story that is unless you do give the, the full range, thinking about the setting, the conflict, the aha moment, and what happened after. Somebody just asked, are you saying the story has to relate to the situation? Well, I think it's, when you're, I know from a sales perspective, what I would tell people is we never walk in knowing I'm gonna use this story. Now, right. other, <laughs> other than the very clear opening, which I'll tell you, give you a tip on that, but is that know your stories and know where they fit. So if I walked into a telco com company versus JP Morgan, you know, versus, you know, McKesson, I mean, I would think about, okay, who am I meeting with? What kind of company is this? Is this the, the big data group? Or is this a group that's worrying about credit card data? I would tell a story that was likely to connect, but I would always tell it from, from my personal perspective with that heart in it. But when you're opening a meeting or just getting to know someone, I love this exercise that we do and that we help people with in the workshop is, what if you walked in and the first thing you did is you said, you told people why I'm here, why I'm here, like why I work at Social Jack, why I started this, like the why I'm here, the real, this is why I'm here. 
story, right? And the beautiful thing about that, again, back to mirroring, we go first with their why I'm here. And these guys, these people in these meetings, they end up telling you the why they're here story. <laughs> cool. And that's, that's when the magic happens, you know? And then you start talking about what you do through these stories, through customers, inspiring people. But they're connected to you. They're getting a glimpse into you and why you are here today doing what you do. And um, that's a great place to kick off a meeting. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And I could sit here and talk to you about this all day, especially because our uh, even though we're on different sort of sides of the the country here, but it's like, you know, I can feel the neurons firing just in this zone of talking about things, um, things like this. So uh, I know we talked about this before you jumped on, but uh, just like us, uh, Tammy and her team have public workshops, which she loves for people to attend. So Tammy, if people want to uh, stay updated and learn about public uh, workshops, where should we send them? Yes, yeah, so the storyleaders.com website, and there's a, a whole landing page where we announce our public workshops around the world. We do also uh, go into corporations and provide private workshops, and you can find the book on Amazon, read some of the reviews. They're pretty yeah. awesome. So yeah. what great salespeople do. And, you know, and we're here. There's people have questions. It's easy to find me on LinkedIn or other social media and um like i like dean mentioned i decided to walk away you know at that moment where i think i'd earned the point of you know going for the ceo job and silicon valley and all that and there was just a calling i know this is what i'm meant to do in the world to help people get these ahas and open these pathways and so i couldn't not do it <laughs> and so i'm pretty excited i'm calling on my courage because as you know starting Bringing a company to the world is, is is not for the faint at heart, but um, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Right on. All right. So uh, so next uh, next week we're gonna have Michael Hahn. Actually, you met Michael, didn't you? He uh, wrote the book, you yeah. know, sort of. And so he has a couple another book coming out, and it's all about uh, he loves to turn people into superheroes. So there's a lot of synergy here in terms of, as we're talking about this. Uh, we also want to put a question up real quick uh, before we bring the rest of the team and, and announce our winner. Um, but uh, are you a business influencer? So let's just uh, make sure everybody checks in on that really quick because we want to make, we have a lot of new people on with us. And so, uh, so we'll bring that up. So super quick uh, next week is Michael Hahn. And then um, uh, real quick, we want you to think about the one thing that you heard Tammy say that you're going to do differently from this moment forward. What is that one thing that you're going to put into action? So go ahead and type that in now, and then we're going to announce uh, the winner here in about 60 seconds. And so uh, before we announce that winner, uh, real quick, I have a lot of people, Tammy, type it in no and not sure. And one of the things that we tell folks is that uh, you're all business influencers and we want you to own that. So there's that there there's that genuine, authentic, also confidence about yourself that we know that every single one of you are influencers and we want you to own the fact that you're an amazing person and, and people do want to get to know you. They want to do business with you. And thanks to uh, Tammy and others uh, yeah, out here that we can um, really just help 
you tell your story and you be a better influence out there. And so some of the things that people are going to put into action, I love this when people type this in, they're going to be a better storyteller. So surely think about one thing you can do to be a better storyteller. Uh, and then a lot of people are going to jump on the book. So you should get to see a lot of book sales coming through. So that's always cool. Um, people are going to say, tell, oh, some people are saying, tell my story more. Uh, so that's cool. So, uh, so listen, uh, Tammy, as always, I, I could talk to you all day. This is like super cool, uh, very inspirational. We love your story. Um, and so if uh, people do want to uh, connect to you on, uh, I think, Twitter handle is your name. So that's super cool. So it's super easy to get to. <laughs> a lot of people don't have a Twitter handle that people can find. So uh, so there you go. If you do want to tweet, uh, you did invite people to connect you on LinkedIn. Is that is that cool? Are people Absolutely. love to connect on LinkedIn? Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And then one more time on that website, if they want to find your schedule. Yes. It's just storyleaders.com. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Story Boy, that's an easy one. Perfect. So leading perfect, perfect. through story. Yeah, uh, that's it. That's right. And um, and so I do know for a fact that uh, there's their stuff is super good, highly recommended. Uh, they're getting super booked up. So if you want them for your company, you better get a hold of Tammy soon. Uh, and then as they're coming around to your city, you'll be able to see those workshops and we'll keep you posted as well. Um, so uh, with that, Miriam, it is a story leaders dot com. So we're just asking for one more clarification on that. And Jackson's going to send all this out with the follow up. Right, Jackson? Yes, and we have to announce the winner. Thank you. Who's the winner? Uh, the winner today is Glenn Stewart. Glenn Stewart, congratulations. So Tammy, what we uh, what we have people do is uh, we give them a Starbucks gift card and they have to use something that they learned in today's program to get somebody to a Starbucks to tell their story and they can use that Starbucks gift card. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so great. Yep. And, you know, yeah, I mean, one thing we do is when like an Uber or Lyft or something like that, we do this thing where we we tell our story and just see what we get back and we collect those. It's just the world is just filled with amazingly interesting people. So yeah. I hope you find someone amazing and interesting to tell your story to, Glenn, and that you get one back in return. And I, I know you will. Exciting. Yeah, perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, Tammy, thank you again so much for being part of the uh, Social Jack family, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. And then, as soon as this is all published and everything and out there, we'll make sure we let you know, and right. uh, you can share this story with uh, your social media. So, thank you so much for being on, and um, we'll see everybody uh, next Wednesday, same time, same channel. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.